welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched a movie talking about the Peanuts movie. Do you want to tell us a bit about this movie, Jan? So the Peanuts movie is a 2015 movie uh, based on, of course, Charles Schultz's comic strip, Peanuts. It is uh, written by Brian Schultz and Craig Schultz and Cornelius Ulano, directed by Steve Martino. Uh, It stars a lot of child actors, most notably Noah Schnapp, who is known who is a Famous for his role as Will Byers on Stranger Things. Right. Um, Kristen Chenoweth and the voice uh, archives of Bill Melendez, who's the original voice of Snoopy and Woodstock. They just used old recordings of him. And just before we move on at all, like, that's kind of astounding. Watching it for the second time now, knowing that both times. And, like, seamless. Seamless, yeah. Okay. And, uh... So the child actors are Hadley Bell Miller, Mariel Sheets, Alex Garfin, uh, Francesca Capaldi. The musical score, just someone I know well, so I'll mention him. The music is by Christoph Beck. Ah. Of what I know him best from is from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but he's also from uh, Frozen and many other things. Pitch Perfect. He did the music for Pitch Perfect. Exactly. He's amazing. One of my favorites. I see his name in a cheer. So, Paul, what is the Peanuts movie about? Charlie Brown is a loser, (laughs) and nobody likes him. He's also bald. (laughs) Peanuts movie is about Charlie Brown, who a new neighbor moves in across the street from Charlie Brown. She's a pretty little red-headed girl, and he develops a crush immediately and wants to become a new Charlie Brown to impress her to become a winner instead of the loser that he usually is and that everyone in town thinks of him as. He tries various things, they all end predictably in failure, but at the end of the whole movie, she wants to be his pen pal over the summer because she has seen that although he has been a loser, he has been generous and compassionate and funny and kind. Mm-hmm. And those things matter more to her than being a winner. And so everyone cheers for Charlie Brown at the end of the movie. Right. And there's a subplot. There's a subplot oh, of Snoopy writes a book, uh, as he often does in the comic strip, about the World War One flying ace. And in the subplot, Snoopy uh, falls in love with a female dog, Fifi, and then rescues her from the Red Baron. And this all happens within the novel that Snoopy is writing. Right. I want to maybe start off a little differently for this okay. episode. Much like the Muppets, we have a personal history with the Peanuts. So let's just start a little bit talking about what do you like about the Peanuts? What's your personal history? I remember uh, being... Like, I'm a comic strip, I'm a comic book reader, but even before that, I was a comic strip reader, like many kids, but not all kids are. My dad subscribed to the newspaper, mm-hmm. and every time it came, I would steal the comic section, like I was that cliche of a kid. Oh yeah, me too. And uh, I remember being, 
Like, I read it longer than most people did, so I remember being in my early teens and suddenly realizing that Peanuts was funny. Hmm. Yeah. That, like, when I was a kid, I was like, Peanuts is the worst. It's just like, I'm sad and nothing goes right. (laughs) (laughs) And then suddenly I started to find it really funny, and that was partly because... Partly because I matured it a little bit in my sense of humor, but also partly because I was a huge fan, and still am, of Bill Watterson and Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. And in the 10th anniversary book, Bill Watterson names three comic strips that influenced him and that he thinks are the best that have ever been made. Mm-hmm. And they're Crazy Cat, Pogo, and Peanuts. And I was like, well, what's so great about Peanuts? Hmm. Like, Calvin and Hobbes is so much better than Peanuts. And then I looked at it afresh as I aged. So my affection for Peanuts kind of starts there. I started to really like it as a comic strip. I started, I remember really going from thinking it was a boring, skippable comic strip to thinking it was the most reliably funny one in the funny and uh, moving Mm. interns strip in the paper. Hmm. And then I also have a lot of affection, as I know you do too, for the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably, we we might talk about the Charlie Brown Christmas for its own episode of Way yeah. Too Seriously. I mean, it's only either half the, an hour long. Either this Christmas or next Christmas. At some point we'll talk about it, but it is one of the movies that we watch every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't go into all the reasons why I like the Charlie Brown Christmas, because we will talk about it at some point, whether it's this year or not. But I will say I have a lot of personal affection for Peanuts because of that movie, which I know very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How about you? I, like you, I grew up reading comic strips and I had a lot of affection for For Better or For Worse hmm. when I was in my... Uh, Early teens, probably like 10 to 15 and older, I really liked For Better or For Worse. And one of her biggest influence was Peanuts. And so I kind Uh of came through it that way. And I learned more about the man Charles Schultz and who he was and what an interesting guy he was. And and like like you, I've been watching the, the... Charlie Brown Christmas special since I was a child. I watched all those, you know, holiday specials and things. They were always on TV and loved them. And lo- and like you, I didn't really get it for a long time, why it was funny. I just kind of liked that it was kids. Mm-hmm. But around the time Charles Schultz died, I would say I was in my late teens, early 20s when he died. And I had basically just discovered who he really was and how long Peanuts had been going on and how much he'd influenced all these other comic strips. And I felt so sad that I hadn't realized really who he was before he died. Yeah. And, and how tragic it was that he ended his comic strip and then died like within a week. It was crazy how fast that happened. Anyway, all that to say, I have a lot of affection for Peanuts. I have a lot of, uh, metatextual knowledge more than actual like I don't know how many of the strips or like little books and things I've read I probably have read a lot more of other comic strips but I have a lot of just affection in general for Peanuts the concept 
I have... And they're just everywhere. I mean, Snoopy is everywhere. I had yeah. toy Snoopy as a kid and stuff. I had a Snoopy ice cream maker. There you go. <laughs> I wanted that. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a book, like a hardcover book of like, I can't remember what it was called, but you know, it was called It's the Moomoo Charlie Brown. Yeah. And like, Snoopy left Charlie Brown and went back to the farm to find out where he'd been born. Hmm. And I read that because it was in our house. Like it, yeah, it wasn't absolutely. something I had particular affection for. It was something that I read because I was a reader and it was there. But I do think back on it and like it was I read it many times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like he won Charlie Brown won a coupon for eight for one it was in a motocross. Yeah, I'm remembering it more and more <laughs> as I spoke. As I spoke. <laughs> I'm remembering it more and more as I speak. Charlie Brown was in a motocross competition, and he he won, and the prize was two free haircuts, and his he's dad bald. is a barber, and he's bald. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that was the only part that I thought at the time was really funny. Was really funny, yeah. But the rest of it, I was more, like, bemused than amused. Yeah. I also remember being about eight and saying I was depressed and my brother saying, your kid, kids can't be depressed. And me saying, Charlie Brown's depressed. (laughs) (laughs) So. There you go. Well, I mean, all that preamble to say, when this movie first got announced, when it was like, there's a Peanuts movie and it's in 3D, you, and me a little bit, but I remember you reacting very, very negatively against this movie. Yeah, I have a bias against 3D animation, and you might not, even as a way-too-seriously listener, you might not know that, because often the 3D animated movies that we talk about, I go on and on about how great they are. But you probably have noticed that the quality of animation really matters to me in in an animated movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just imagined, like, a Peanuts movie where, like, it's... 3D animation that's this, like, ubiquitous, uh, uh, you know? (laughs) You just, you just, and you didn't know who was writing it, who was involved, and you were just nervous. It was just, like, a bunch of random junk. It was, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks and... Yeah, yeah. I imagined it as Alvin and the Chipmunks, but with peanuts. And it made me, like, I don't care whether you do what you do with Alvin and the Chipmunks. But if you do that with peanuts, I'm going to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly what I w- thought it was going to be like. I couldn't yeah. name that one it was of like the... peanuts for the new generation. And we were like, no. But then. And I think the first trailers even were like, yeah. it's peanuts like you've never seen them before. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I want peanuts like I've always seen them before. <laughs> <laughs> so. And this movie really is yeah. peanuts like you've always seen them before. Absolutely. They do a really cool thing where it's like they're three-dimensional characters, but they have like their mouths and their faces, the way they move is very hand-drawn on top of that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a ball with a face on it. Like it's and I just I really appreciate the way they did it. I think they they achieved the line drawing aspect on a 3D animated thing. So let's talk about the quality of the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm getting into. the animation is where you're starting. And I'm going to chime in on that and say, like, I give the animation to this movie seven stars and an A double plus. 
Like, wow. I don't think it's the most beautiful, aesthetically beautiful movie that we have ever seen. No. That we've talked about on the show. I don't think it's even in the running. But in terms of, like, it's inspired. Yeah. The way that they meld the 3D and the 2D and they managed... I remember hearing about the Peanuts movie... I remember hearing about Charlie Brown Christmas, which was made in consultation with Charles Schultz and them talking about, like, it's really challenging to try to turn these pictures into animated because they don't have a full sense of their perspective. And, like, doing the 3D is more again and they pull it off beautifully mm-hmm. they care they capture the visual style of peanuts i think perfectly yeah the way that the backgrounds are much more realistic than the characters and then the there's like layers of realism so that the faces look like they're penciled on yeah. but then the bodies look like very cartoony 3D but then they're walking around in this fairly realist not realism but much yeah more detailed. much more detailed than their bodies are mm-hmm. and they play between those three and then they have like uh dream sequences that are 2D sketched that look like a peanuts comic strip yes. And the way things like when uh, Snoopy is uh, t- writing his novel and it flashes into his story and he's flying around on the doghouse and they never show you the bottom of the doghouse. Yeah. Because they maintain, I think, very deftly. They maintain moving between the fantasy and the real world and the not real world. And like, mm-hmm. very creatively, very they deftly, are... very... Well. What I found about this, the one word I can use to describe this movie is it's deeply respectful. Yeah. It is so respectful of Charles Schultz's vision and his characters. It suits and it has child actors doing the voices, which it was crucial to the Christmas, the Charlie Brown Christmas. And just to be clear, in case you don't know, Charlie Brown Christmas was the first Charlie Brown animated special. There was many following that, but that's the first one, which is why we'll often refer to that. But that one, yeah, they had these child actors being the Peanuts, and that... And it was controversial at the time. Like, yep. Charles Schultz insisted on child actors, yep. and the studio didn't want it. And that, that this movie has child actors yep, because yeah. it would have mattered to Charles Schultz. It would have Exactly. And it's... They just continue with his vision and continue with what mattered to him and what matters to his estate. And I just, I appreciate how respectful it is and how, and how it has those little 2D tributes and it has all throughout this movie, tons and tons of tributes to all of the old animated uh, specials, all of like things throughout the comics. Even like lines of dialogue and Mm -hmm. jokes that are directly from, especially the Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. But they're real lines that are taken right out of those. And it's, yeah. There's a... I mean, when talk, we've talked in previous Way Too Seriouslys about adaptation and the, the challenges of adaptation and the way you approach it. And I feel like this is an adaptation of Peanuts that is... Most adaptations say that they're being faithful to the original, but there's a difference between being faithful to the original and being a good reader of the original and accurately reproducing the spirit of it. Yeah. And this is a movie where the people making it 
read Peanuts correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they understand what it is and what it's about. And I, I think, or at least they read it the same way I do, which is, of course, the correct way. Of course. <laughs> and then they reproduce the things that are important and they drop some things that aren't important, but they're so not important you don't even notice. Yeah, absolutely. How good is the story? How good is the plot in terms of, like, just judging the quality of it? Just judging the quality of it. The plot is less good than Mm -hmm. all the surrounding bits. The actual plot itself is just a story of him trying to get the girl. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into the way too seriousness in a sec, but it's it's just I wouldn't say the plot is stellar. Here's, I mean, apart from the two serious leads, there's some things that I want to draw attention to in terms of the quality of the job that they have done, and that's does it feel to you like this is one story from beginning to end? No. Obviously, it's a leading question I ask that yeah. because it doesn't to me. <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels, and maybe it's supposed to be like little strips, little like it's maybe. like a whole bunch of comic strips, but that isn't what a movie is. If that's what they were going for, I think it was a conceptual problem. And if yeah. it's not what they were going for, then there's a problem in the execution because the point, the moment when, to me, there's, there's really a couple of ruptures in the story. One is. The thing with Snoopy and the World War One flying ace we'll get into in the way too seriously, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I get why, and I would like them to have Snoopy be a writer and writing a story like isn't important for the strips, and it's good that he did it. But the story that they're telling with him is not good. Yeah, and it's not. It's connected to the weakest part of the main movie. Mm-hmm. And they keep trying to be like, oh, Snoopy's inspired by what's happening with Charlie Brown. But to be honest, I only noticed that the second time I watched the movie. The first time, I didn't even notice that they were trying to connect it to the main movie because they don't do it well. Yeah, I agree. Aside from that, I think Charlie Brown at one point, they do a standardized test. And then Charlie Brown gets 100% on the test and everyone thinks he's great. Mm -hmm. That feels like the beginning of the second movie to me. To me, the moment where he gets 100% on the test is like, now we're starting a separate movie about the time that everyone thought Charlie Brown was great for a while. Yeah. And those two halves feel very disjointed very to me disjointed. in terms of the plot. Yeah. I agree. There's, yeah, a very separate... It does feel like two separate movies mashed into one. There's mm-hmm. the kind of love story and there's the Charlie Brown gets 100 on his test story and they're not connected at all. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to draw attention to, either to praise or to critique in terms of just the quality of the job that they have done? I appreciate the music. There was, you know, it was some current song, current of 2015 songs, like Megan Trainer and whatnot, but I also appreciated how they incorporated some of the uh, classic jazz from the original, what's his name, Vince something. Giardi or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've only his, ever seen it written. <laughs> yeah, his his classic uh, jazz from from the Christmas movie, and incorporated that right into the soundtrack, and had a lot of. I, I thought the music was well done. See, it was fun, and you're gonna not like it, but I thought it was it was good and fun. 
I was quite surprised when you said that it was Christoph Beck mm. because I thought the move the music did not stand up to what I would expect from a Peanuts movie because they reproduced the music from the Charlie Brown Christmas, which is great, and you kind of have to because it's so good. And if you're reproducing things, you're reproducing that. Yeah. The pop songs I hated. Aww. <laughs> That's just me being a snob. There are pop songs I love a lot. I'm going to out <laughs> myself right here, right now, as a Taylor Swift fan. But, I mean, in the past, I don't know about her latest album. Off topic. Uh, off topic. <laughs> but... The pop song I hated, I went, it was repetitive and went on and on and it came back again and again and I hated it every time. And other than that, I don't think that this, even the score, I don't think there was anything new that Christoph Beck brought to it that wasn't what was in the Charlie Brown Christmas. And we, oh, even the kids, after we watched it, it, the kids, no, he arranged it. But after we watched it, our kids wanted to do all the specials and one of them was Here's the Music. And so we watched all the music uh, and like... He did good arrangements of it, yes, but he didn't bring. He didn't write a memorable new theme, yeah, at all. Yeah. Like some of the parts, he did write new, presumably, but they're completely forgettable. Forgettable to you, I like the music. <laughs> <laughs> so well, there. on you. Saying sometimes thought, we disagree. <laughs> I thought I'm going to say one thing more. In the good column, and mm-hmm. that is, we're like all over the place. We're I not know. doing highlights, lowlights no, like usual not. at all. It's okay. But uh, I thought this movie was really funny. Yeah, I thought the the humor throughout. Yeah, it was really funny. worked for me. Yep, like everything from slapstick. They did what Peanuts does really well, which is lots of different kinds of humor. Like mm-hmm. Snoopy is a very you know goofy slapstick kind of comedy. Yeah, a lot of the time, not always. But then Charlie Brown's uh, sad sackness, mm-hmm. and then like visual gags galore yep. that were all landed for me. I think every visual gag I thought they pulled off well, and I laughed. Yeah, so I thought this movie was really funny. Yeah, have we done this backwards? Like, do we need to talk about your personal enjoyment of it? Did we already talk about? I think we have. I think we should move into way, way too, too seriously. I'm on board with that. All right. I want to talk, I think I know a big thing you want to talk about, but I want to, before we get to a big complaint about it, I want to say something that's not a problematizing, it's just an observation of something that's going on in Peanuts in Mm -hmm. general, in a little bit more of a serious vein. And that is, a lot of the humor in Peanuts, I realize now, comes from, I'm going to do the terrible thing of tearing apart comedy and explaining why it's funny so it's not funny anymore. A lot of the humor in Peanuts in general comes from people or things doing things that are inappropriate for them to do or for their age. Mm -hmm. So a dog who writes a book is funny because it's inappropriate Mm -hmm. for a dog to be writing. And everything about Snoopy is he does things that are inappropriate for a dog to be doing. That's also a lot of why Charlie Brown is funny is he has adult depression mm-hmm. and talk and he has like existential crisis and ennui and those are all funny when you put them in a however old he's supposed to be like 10 I don't know 
I think in the original, he's supposed. To, I think the very first comic says that he's six, which is not uh, plausible anymore. No. But anyway, when you put all those things in a child, it's the very inappropriateness of them that makes them funny. That's where yeah. the humor comes from in Charlie Brown's character. He's Lucy being a psychologist, that kind of thing. Too. Lucy being a psychologist, like even. I mean, so many of the characters. Linus, who is younger than the rest of them and carries around a blanket and yet has a huge uh, vocabulary and talks philosophy and theology all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the comedy comes from this juxtaposition, this making people behave inappropriately. That is also where, and here I'm leading into what I'm anticipating is one of your complaints because it's one of mine. It's from this same exact thing that we get Charlie Brown uh, falls in love because the love story is inappropriate for their age, and it's both, it, that's where the comedy is meant to come from. Mm-hmm. So the way that Charlie Brown reacts, in the comics as well, to the little red-headed girl is this mix of accurately capturing what children are like when they have a crush, mm-hmm. and also completely misappropriately framing that in adult terms, even though it's a childish, a childhood experience. I think that's why the love story is, I think that's why they went for the love story. Mm. Having said that. Yeah. The love story does not work for me. Do you want to talk about why the love story doesn't work? I mean, multiple reasons. (laughs) The love story, first of all, yeah, it's because they're children. And what you've said actually makes a lot of sense. So maybe I'll change my mind a little bit on... Because my first thought was going to be, how old are these kids supposed to be? Yeah. What? Also, why are Lucy and Linus in the same grade when they're supposed to be different ages? Yeah, that's just not correct. <laughs> so Linus could have skipped a grade. He's pretty smart. Um... Originally, Linus is definitely younger than Charlie Brown and Lucy, who are the same age. Yes, exactly. The little redheaded girl, it was supposed to be funny because you never really fully see her. You never actually know her name. And all of that worked okay in the print comic. Mm -hmm. I feel like in this, it causes a lot of problems. And they do have her speak for the first time in this this show. They have her... uh, you see her face, all sorts of things happen for the first time in this. But there's still, she's really, really an object. She's yeah. not a person at all. Yeah. Zero amount of her as a person. And so, as much as I respect and love Charles Schultz, he created an object. And so this whole movie is Charlie Brown just objectifying her. Yeah. And in the comic, the joke in addition to the inappropriateness and the comedy coming from that, the joke is, you know, we're seeing the comic largely through Charlie Brown's perspective, and so he can never really, he doesn't really see her. Yes. Like, right? That's a commentary on him, because the whole of the world is a commentary on him. And we could complain about that. I'm inclined, for the sake of the comic, to say that what we always say, there are lots of female characters in Peanuts who aren't objects. That is also true. And in the movie also. Yep. So for the comic, I'm inclined to say the redheaded girl doesn't really bother me because there are so many complex and uh, fully realized characters, male, female, and ambiguous. 
Yes, absolutely. That is actually very true of both the comic and the movie. Yeah. And that's something to praise them for is how many female characters are in this, how it's very balanced. It's very gender balanced. And they're very all different kinds of people. And we always say, like, how would you fix this? You'd add another female character. Well, Charlie, well, Charles Schultz brought that in, right? He fixed that originally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... The redheaded girl in concept doesn't bother me, the fact that she's so objectified, because she's literally just like what happens when Charlie Brown objectifies someone. He can't see her as a real person, and how does that play out? What bothers me is then making her central to the plot of a movie, what makes Mm -hmm. her, like, all he thinks about, all his motivation, and then they, it really highlights how not a person she is. Yeah, exactly. I really feel like making it the central plot of the movie was a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is where the problem lies, because there's so many other characters who are so more inter- much more interesting, mm-hmm. and to have it focus exclusively on that relationship was a problem. Not to mention that this is much less of a serious, this is much more of a just nostalgia thing, but like... Having Charlie Brown successfully make friends with the little red-headed girl is just as appropriate to Peanuts as having him actually cook, kick the football. Yeah. Like, no, Charlie Brown never talks to the little red-headed girl. Yeah. The big cat nearby always terrorizes him. He never strikes someone out. Yep. And he never successfully flies a kite. Yep. Uh, yeah, they kind of make Charlie Brown a bit too successful in this movie. As yeah. much as it is respectful of the comic, it also su- in some ways is like, it's uh, watered down. They have to make a happy ending. And that's where, like... It's, I don't know, it's the 21st century. We've got off uh, depictions of gender for a second, but mm-hmm. let's get back to it. But before we do, just why the the happy ending kind of does bug me because Charlie Brown's a loser. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that makes him so wonderful, they really put their finger on very well, I think, with tons of pathos that he always loses, but he never gives up, but he always loses. Yeah. And I had not quite noticed how much, how likable it makes Charlie Brown that he just never gives up. Yeah. But the movie really foregrounds that. Yeah. But then the, at the end when he... Beca- and, like, him becoming a winner for a while, I think, is clever. He accidentally, you know, through misunderstanding, everyone thinks he's a winner. But the very end where, like, he... Equivalent of gets her number uh, and all his friends come around and cheer for him. Hooray, Charlie Brown, you really did it this time. You're the greatest. And, like... Isn't that how the Christmas special ends, kind of? That's why they do it, I think. Because they're reproducing the Charlie Brown Christmas. But a Charlie Brown Christmas ends that way because it's a Christmas miracle. Hmm. And, like, for Charles, we could talk about... I don't want to go... I'm saving <laughs> yes. my thoughts on the Charlie Brown Christmas. But I'll just say this. I feel quite convinced that for Charles Schultz having things turn out well for Charlie Brown at Christmas is special. Hmm. It's not because it was a, it was a a movie. 
is because it was Christmas. Right. And because Charlie Brown discovers the true meaning of Christmas, like we're going into it and I don't want to. Okay. So I think that that's the one moment where they're reproducing something from the Charlie Brown Christmas that everyone loves and they're doing it thoughtlessly without really understanding correctly, I think, without really understanding in a thoughtful and nuanced way what it's doing to these characters and to the ideas of the, of the show, of the comic of the movie. Because it bothers me a bit that the movie ends with everyone cheering for Charlie Brown because he's great. It bothers me much more to come back to gender that everyone cheers for him because he got the girl. Yeah. That's literally what happens. He gets the girl. She, you know, agrees to be his pen pal. It functions so much like uh, he got her number. Yep. Uh, And everyone's like, yeah, you're a stud, man. Yep. And, like, it's so not cool. You want to talk about Snoopy? I want to talk about Snoopy (laughs) while we're talking about gender. Do you want to... I've been giving rants again. Do you want to pipe up? I don't feel nearly as strongly about Fifi as you (laughs) do. I mean, Fifi is very this weird, tacked-on love interest for Snoopy who has never had a love interest before, who is a damsel... What is she? What is the point of Fifi? I hate Fifi. (laughs) I mean, the little red-headed girl I'm ambivalent towards, I think it's a mistake to make her central to the movie, but I like her in conception and I see what they're doing with her. Fifi, I think, is disastrously terrible. uh, Because it's mirroring Charlie Brown's story, but am- but uh, amplifying it so that Snoopy's motivation throughout his subplot becomes entirely about getting the girl who is introduced as being like, she's a, a strong female character who's better at flying jet, flying World War I planes than he is. And she's really cool and badass, but then she gets, she is incompetent and gets attacked and damseled and can't help herself and he just rescues her and rescues her and rescues her and rescues her and and then she falls in love with him and they kiss and uh not to mention her character design is she's snoopy but all pink and like with pink fluff she's a poodle she's a poodle and he's a beagle but yeah of course because of course she's a poodle because poodles are the girl dog don't you know that (laughs) because they're fluffy and pink and floofy like (laughs) it's it's exact, like, I when I was like, is she going to have, like, cleavage? Because it's that bad. Yeah. Cleavage and lipstick? Because how do you signify? <laughs> she doesn't. But she might have lipstick. No, I don't think she does. No, she doesn't. But, like, how do you signify a female, femaleness? You put her with, like, fluffy pink poofs all over. And, like, well, look at the characters that Charles Schultz designed. Yeah. None of them are like that. None of them. The most you know, feminine, in enormous air quotes, characters, is the little red-headed girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's just has hair. Like, she's not, she wears a bow. All, most of the girls wear dresses, but not all. Yeah. I mean, our daughter, watching it, said, why can't she save herself? Hmm. Yep. Our daughter also said, 
little, you never see her face and she doesn't have a name. <laughs> Actually, I get a report. I don't know if you were there for the conversation, no. but our older daughter said, why can't she save herself? And our younger daughter said, so I can't, said like, maybe she just didn't, like she was falling at this time and she needed help. And our older daughter says, no, they make it so she can't save herself. <laughs> she's maybe learned how to take things way too seriously She's from been us. listening. So I hate Fifi. I think she's a terrible idea. Mm. I think she makes his story boring. Yeah. There's not really any... I mean, the funniest parts of the Snoopy story are the ones without Fifi in it. Absolutely, yeah. As soon as she's on screen, things are boring mm-hmm. and predictable and flat and yep. Fairly sexist. Yep, exactly. I, I hate her. Yep. She's voiced by Kristen Chenoweth, who is the best. Why is she in this movie for it? Like, because she wanted to. She likes peanuts and she's no, having fun. she was, but... uh, Kristen Chenoweth was Sally in the Broadway production of Charlie Brown. Wow. I That's love her. <laughs> Which, of bad. course she was Sally. Of course she was. <laughs> she's so Sally. I love Kristen Chenoweth, but I'm sad that what they gave her to do I mean, like, what they gave her to do, she did great. She does the yeah. voice and reproduces uh, Bill Menendez's style of voice very well, like, yeah. seamlessly. But it sucks that the character she's representing is a Sexist flaming trip. pile of dog crap. <laughs> I hate it. She's a dog. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, I mean, can we, can we actually talk a little bit about the girls, the women in this movie. Let's. Because when we start talking about, yeah, the little red-headed girl is an object, but there are, there's Lucy, and she's like, she's obsessed with her looks, but she's also obsessed with her intelligence and is a psychologist and is... Super tough. Is She's like a feminist icon at eight. Yeah. And then we have... Peppermint Patty and Marcy, who are, it's never been explicit, but it's implied that Marcy is in love with Peppermint yeah. Patty. Yeah, Marcy's in love with Pe- Peppermint Patty, but it's uh, tragic because Peppermint Patty is oblivious and is in love with Charlie Brown. Yeah, it's and, true. like, that's a sad story. She's pretty butch, Peppermint Patty, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I know. see why Marcy would be in love with her. Anyway... And, like, and there's these, like, very specific roles. And you have Sally, who's, like, the little girl. But she's also, like, and I don't know. They're just all very distinct personalities and Mm -hmm. very different from each other. And Mm -hmm. very, uh, you can find yourself in any of these characters. You can find yourself. And then, like, even in the other characters, the male characters as well, you can find yourself in Linus. No matter who you are, you can find someone in the Peanuts cast who's you, Yeah, I think. And even, like... It's not super racially diverse. Well, I was going to hold on. I was going to say that in a second. Let's hold off on that for a sec. Okay. Because the the girls, all credit, I think, goes to Charles Schultz because the movie... I mean, credit to the movie for reproducing it. But the movie is reproducing what Charles Schultz did. And you look at these girls and think back to what we have said in one way too seriously again and again and again. And I just want to draw attention to Charles Schultz as like, this is how to do it, people. Mm-hmm. Because it is fine that Sally is heart, 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 love struck, silly, he, 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 tee, he all the time. Mm-hmm. 
because she's one of a cast of like nine girls and she's the only one like that. Yeah. And so like you can have characters here, you can have and like Lucy, your set is a feminist icon and like she's a, so good when you stop and think about Lucy. Yeah. Because the whole she is not she avoids so many pitfalls of bad attempts at writing a quote unquote strong female character. Yeah. Because she avoids the pitfall of, well, if she's going to be strong, she can't, she can't be, she can't care about uh, her looks at all. Like those things are antithetical. Mm-hmm. Right. Lucy is conceited. Yeah. She has real flaws She's actually competent and intelligent and capable. She's not always particularly likable. Mm-hmm. She's not particularly kind, but she has nuance and she can, like, she's such a well-drawn character. Yep. And, like, I mean, it's like we're talking, like, I'm rehashing ground, but guess what? Female characters are characters. And if you make a strong character, like Lucy is exactly what a strong character looks like. She's nuanced and complex. She has motivation. She has skills and uh, blind spots. There's things she's great at, things she's not great at, and things she's great at, she's really great at. And she doesn't diminish people who aren't like her. But Like, she isn't there to prove how stupid... uh, other girls are yeah and then think about another feminist icon peppermint patty yeah and marcy and peppermint patty are outside of the world of peanuts marcy and peppermint patty are like uh lesbian icons yeah they get held up as representations of lesbianism in popular culture but even completely within the text just talking about peppermint patty herself for a moment Mm mm-hmm she is also like, this is how to write a character, man. Yep. She is like, great at sports, super outgoing, not very bright, kind, uh, but, you know, oblivious to the people around her, though. Like, she's got so many nuances. They all fit together into a package. Yep. And, like, she also, she's the butch jock girl mm-hmm. but she's not picking on lucy for thinking she's pretty and thinking that matters yeah right they know they don't set they, they're not in opposition to each other they no. just all exist yeah i'm just it's so good and yep. so like come on it's not that hard <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard i mean that's not to diminish what a great job charles schultz did creating these characters but like this is how you do it people yep. and they put it on the movie and I praise the movie, but the movie is reproducing what Charles Schultz did first and doing it well. But, like, they're all different, and they're all complex, and they're nuanced, and they're fantastic. Yeah, 100% I agree. Okay, so this cast is also not that racially diverse, though. But we do have Franklin. We have Franklin. I want to... I keep talking about Charles Schultz because he's a great guy. <laughs> he was. Franklin was introduced to Peanuts because someone drew Charles Schultz's attention to the fact that his cast were all white and he said, hey, that's not right. Yeah. And he has said, like, you know, I do my best. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first appearance of Franklin, and if you know something about racist stereotypes of African-Americans, 
you'll get immediately why this is significant. The first appearance of Franklin, he goes swimming. He's at the beach and he goes swimming. And if you, there is a racist stereotype that black people can't swim. That's such a bizarre but ubiquitous stereotype that it is impossible that this wasn't deliberately Charles Schultz bucking that stereotype, thumbing his nose at it. I like so good. But Franklin falls in Peanuts comics, Franklin falls victim to exactly what the female characters don't, which is he has the he bears the burden of being the only character of color. And so he doesn't have a lot of nuance. He doesn't have a lot of complexity. Mm-hmm. And he it is barely clear when you read through that Charles Schultz felt like he needed he couldn't uh really give Franklin any flaws because then people would I mean I think he's even said like he didn't want people to read into Franklin a critique of like a he didn't want people to read Franklin as a racist criticism so he didn't want him to have any of the flaws that people racistly attributed to black people and he lost readers when he introduced Franklin yeah Peanuts was dropped from a lot of newspapers Mm mm-hmm and so, like, credit to him for introducing him in the first place, but... He could have introduced more characters. He could have introduced more and taken some of the pressure and stress off of Franklin the way that he takes the pressure and stress off of his female characters. Mm-hmm. And the movie, coming back to the movie that we're supposed to actually be talking about, does worse than Charles Schultz does. Yeah, he's barely in the movie. He's there in the background. He's there. If you know what who Franklin is, he's there. I don't think that he's ever named. I don't think he is either. He's not a character. No. So, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem they partly inherited from the comic strip, but they could have improved it, and instead they make it worse. Yeah. Why aren't there any adults in the Peanuts world? There, the I was looking this up about the, uh, the cast, and it credits... The trombone player, because the all of the adults, it's a famous trombone. Trombone shorty. Yeah. I know who he is. Yeah, there he you is go. He's a famous New, New Orleans trombonist. Because what are you going to get? A, just regular trombonist? No, you got to get a famous one, because he is the... So you asked, why aren't there any adults? Is that, I mean, the short and stupid answer is, there's no adults in this movie, because there's no adults in Peanuts comics. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just like... It's an interesting world to have no adults in. I don't think any there's any other cartoons like this about kids that have zero adults in it. Yeah. It's an interesting, like, it's for the same reason that the little red-headed girl doesn't have a face. Because uh, the whole thing is mediated actually through Charlie Brown's perspective, mm-hmm. even when it's not a comic about Charlie Brown. And the adults just aren't important to him. Like, they're Mm -hmm. there, they're background noise. They say things, he accepts it, but, like, the world that matters is the world of kids. It's just, like, it makes me think of the the, um, Gershwin opera uh, Porgy and Bess. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, tons of problems with Porgy and Bess, uh, but Porgy and Bess is set in, like, a... All the main characters at Porky and Bess are African-American, and they sing. 
And there's white characters who come in and they talk. And then they leave again and they and why do the white actors in Forgin Vest talk and the black and the African American characters sing? Because in the world of an opera, singing is what people is what you really do, and making them talk makes it like they're less real. Mm-hmm. And it's you can read it as like because they're magical Negroes who sing all the time, and that. But I think it's actually the opposite. Like the white characters in Porky and Bess are flat. They can be good. They can be bad. They're less. They're less. Mm-hmm. That's what the adults in Peanuts are like. They're there, but they're not real. Because to children, adults exist. They come into your life, they tell you what to do, and then they leave again. And then you go on with your actual life of doing what really matters. It also, like, I think it's good as an adult to watch this, as a parent specifically, to watch this and go... Adults don't matter in kids' lives. I mean, they do, really, but, like, kids don't think that. Kids think of them as, like, they're there, but, like, what I'm really doing is, like, this stuff with my friends that's really important over here. And especially our older daughter is very come to that age where the things that her... Has been for a year or two, but, like, younger kids care about their parents so much. Mm -hmm. They get around eight or nine and, like... My friends are so important to my emotional life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what Peanuts reproduces. Yeah. So, is it good? Is it seriously good? Is it good? Yes. Yes. I think quite good. Yeah. Is it seriously good? Medium? I would say it's it's seriously medium. It's seriously pretty pretty good. Medium good. It's seriously medium good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that all the... Stuff we talked about about the female characters really bumps it up quite a lot in my mind. Yeah. 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 All right. So that well, was the Peanuts movie. <laughs> that was the Peanuts movie. If you want to contact us with your thoughts about Peanuts, either the movie or the comic strip, uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at WTScast. You can email us, way too seriously cast at gmail.com. You can contact us on Facebook, on Reddit, on Instagram, I think we are now. I think Any... the special features included a tutorial of how to draw Charlie Brown and Snoopy and Woodstock. I'll draw them all and put my pictures up on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> and uh, you'll find links to all those things in our show notes. So, oh yeah, and if you're, you like us a lot and like peanuts and like all the things that we do, you can support us on Patreon. For as little as you want, as much as you want, you get a little few extra bonus features, some trivia, some bonus content, some fun stuff that we we do. So you can see us there as well. Clockworkscast. Oh, patreon.com slash clockworkscast. So thank you very much for listening. I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And all I really have to say is... Regular trombonist? Now you gotta get a famous one, because he is the... Every adult. Right. <laughs> I love you. Do you want me to walk you back to your bed or can you go by yourself?
Aloha. Aloha.